Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin O'Donnell, your licensed mental health counselor. And I'm Asima Diane Diemer, trauma specialist and licensed massage therapist. And this is The Positive Mind. Where we bring you some ideas, concepts, and guests to help you lead a more positively-minded life. And here's a question. What is uh, wool socks? A crackling fireplace. The smell of coffee. The sound of the ocean. The smell of pine needles. What do these all have in common? (laughs) What do you think of? When you hear all those words, I start to think of like hot chocolate and snow covered mm. pine boughs and the smell of like a fireplace, wood burning fire in the air. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's really like a kind of soothing experience. All of those things, right? Wool socks, right? I mean, isn't the winter worth just the wearing of wool socks, putting those wool socks and sliding across a wood floor. <laughs> For so many years, that was the top of my Christmas list. I want some rag wool socks. Red. Red. <laughs> rag. No, oh, rag, rag wool. Wood. The uh, rag wool. Rag wool. Specific oh, okay. kind of sock. It's a simple thing, you know, but gosh, it, every year, this first time you do it, it feels, and every afterwards, it's like, you know. Yeah, these simple, simple things that are available to us can really build our resilience, really renew our resilience. And we've been talking about resilience in general, and last week and the week before, we spoke with Dr. Brenda Shoshana talking about love and Zen and the art of falling in love. Uh, But in general, we've been working on this concept of resilience and generally feeling like the world, this country, everybody's been through two years of stress. Two years, a lot of energies going out the back door. And a lot of people don't feel like they have a lot of resilience. And we thought we would do our show today on ways to rebuild your resilience with something called this new word of 2021. For the first time, it's a it's a new word, huga. Huga. I mean, it's, they should have said sugar, but it's called huga, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the word is new to us yes. in 2016, but it did join the Merriam-Webster Dictionary last year. That's right, and you can't find it under H O O G A. You you have to look up under H Y. G-G-E. I think it'll be on a spelling bee for sure. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> and it comes from the, from the Danish, from Denmark. And the Danes, you know, have made an art of huga. Making, last week we had Zen and the art of loving. This week we have Zen and the art of huga. Right? So, huga, I mean, how can you find sustenance and renewal with good habits, like soothing habits, renewing habits? And how can you find resilience and renewal in times that are bleak? Right? 
you know, during the bleak, long winters of a Nordic country. <laughs> yes. Different versions of That's this fabulous. in all the Nordic countries, but right. it's pretty bleak, you know, and there's some parts of the world where the sun just doesn't rise for a period of like right. two months. So it makes sense that this practice of soothing yourself because it's harsh outside. It's cold and it's harsh and it's dark outside and 17 hours of darkness, you know, and maybe not even strong light when it's up. So, and, you know, it made sense that they would develop this. Human beings are so ingenious. You know, we develop these smart innovations to keep ourselves going right and to renew ourselves and thank god for the danes who came up with this concept of huga and lo and behold it can make its way all the way over here to the united states where we need it the most <laughs> right i mean don't we need it because when i say again a roaring fireplace wool socks the sound of the ocean the smell of coffee the smell of pine needles. A soft couch. I'm wondering if our audience could like email us at tffpp.org their own huga practices. I bet everybody would find at least one that they do um, and they're not even aware of that they do it. And they, isn't it's beautiful to see a human being have their own brand of huga. Um, a practice that's just so charming. Like, do you know anybody who just has like an idiot? Like, whatever happened to handkerchiefs? Like, I know a guy who has a handkerchief in his pocket all the time, mm -hmm. and he and he pulled it out, and I realized, you know, you never see that anymore. Mm. <laughs> you never see. But this is a charming little practice of his that he does. I'm not. That's not huga. Well, maybe it is. Could be. You know, blowing your nose is a is a soothing experience. Yeah. Kind of a mindfulness to having that with you for, you know, to to give to someone or to use yourself or just it's mm -hmm. like a little preparation for for some comfort. It's a comfort. Yeah. yeah. It's an offer of comfort. Also, it's a it's an act of self-care. This is this is one of the things we want to get. So today we're we're dealing with concepts, right? We say ideas, concepts and guests to help you lead a more positively minded Life and today we want to say our concept is huga, that it's a practice that you can set up for yourself mm -hmm. to make your life more enjoyable, more positively minded, more happy, right? So, you know, I'll tell you, one of the things I love about winter is wool socks, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's as simple as that. Uh, I open my sock drawer and there they are. I'm like, oh, good. I get to put those on. You know, it's like one of the first stimuli in the morning. And it's like, it's a good. So there's a little jolt of dopamine or whatever that, oh, I get to put these on. Another another is, is um, the smell of pine needles, like a, a tree, like a pine tree, like the Christmas trees, of course, and the wreaths and stuff. But... So last week, I went out and I bought some candles. I went out and I bought some candles, and I used up 11 of them in, the, in one week. I had no idea I was spending that much time at my desk that I got 11 small, you know, they came in a pack of 12. I'm down to one. But 
I, I think that the smell, and it's a pine candle, I think the smell kept me at my desk longer. And it was just very soothing. Looking over at it burning. Right. And smelling it, you know, I, you know, I lost contact with the smell after a while because mm-hmm. it's just part of it. But then I left and came back and, wow, it smells like pine in here. Um, so it's a, it's now it's like a, an invitation to me to sit down and work. Is this candle waiting to be lit? And it just somehow magically makes the whole experience much better, much easier. Right. Huga. H-Y-G-G-E. So what's interesting about this concept coming to our shores is that it really seemed to explode in 2016. And 2016 was kind of a start of a rough time. I mean, a lot of stress in the States, a lot different movements happening, hmm. a lot of, you know, angst and agita and then followed by the pandemic. I think we've been we've been in enough sort of cultural, you know, agita, misagash, whatever you want to call it, that like oh, we need we need something to soften the blows that we've been feeling these past few years. Yeah. yeah. And especially in the last 2 years, and so it's interesting that it's kind of arrived in 2016, and now it's a word in our dictionary. Yes. Well, it takes six six years, five years for a word to, to make it. Let's mm-hmm. see what we can come up with this year that'll be around in 2025, 26. Um, huga. But, you know, it makes sense. So, so you know, in terms of psychology, right, um, you know, and the word actually got coined in the early 1800s in Denmark with the Danes, the practice of this, uh, that, you know, human psychology will do anything it can to survive and to make things as comfortable when, when up against the harshest of conditions. So how about it here in America? I mean, do we need hookah here? Yeah. Do we? We do. You're in, the, I think... in the land of the free, isn't everything great here in America? I think we have really succumbed to, or, you know, culturally it feels like we can't take time. It's hard to take time for yourself. It's hard to feel like, you know, it's okay to be comfortable. I find a lot of times when I'm working with clients, it's very hard for them to know what comfortable is. There's some sort of like, if I'm being comfortable, then I'm being lazy. Yeah. If I take the time to sit and stare at a candle or smell a candle, then I'm not being productive. Yeah. And there's like right. a deep programming that we have to be productive all the time. Time is money. Right. Time is time. Time's just time. It right. doesn't have to be money. It can really be, it can be space. It can be ease. But it's, it's often. It's just, a relationship. What's your relationship to time? What would Brenda Shoshana say if she were here about time? Oh, time is, you know, a fantasy. It's not real. You know, it's just something the sun has always been coming up and mm. always going down. And we make such a big deal of it. There's a cycle to it. That was right? my bad imitation. Of Very Brenda. bad imitation. <laughs> I hope of you Brenda. didn't hear that, Brenda. Sorry, Brenda. <laughs> but that there's a, there's a cyclical nature to time, not a linear one. Oh, yeah. We're right. we're we're kind of linear in our thought of time. 
But actually, it's just cycle after cycle. You know, sun rise and set, moon. Well, that's full a question and to ask. And- yes, it's a question to ask the audience. That could be the start of it. Whether or not you need huga would be, what is your relationship to time? Are you always feeling like you don't have enough time? Are you always under the gun, feeling the day goes too fast? Are you finding no time to slow down? Because ultimately, Huga is partially about slowing down. Let me give the official definition. It is a quality of comfort and coziness that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. The smell of coffee, you know? For some people, that's you don't need the cup of coffee. The smell will do it. It is for me. I don't drink coffee, but I love the smell of coffee. Yeah, I like to do work when I have to like study or write something. I like to go to a cafe where I can smell coffee because I also don't drink coffee. But wow, it's just so nice to be around people and drinking coffee and the sound of the, you know, the baristas and all of that. That's right. And you know, huga can be outside as well. People that we're all new to this term, this word, think that it's about a you know personal experience, and it is, but it's not with just you and an object or you and an activity. It can be you and other people, right? So here's a question. How many fireplaces in America are being used? <laughs> That's an odd question. It's an odd question, and I didn't really think I would have that question <laughs> planning for this show. But, you know, when I thought about it, how often do you see somebody you walk in somebody's house and there's a fireplace going? You know, it is still, you know, part of many, many homes and it probably doesn't really get any work. Doesn't get it. And yet, and yet, you know, it's probably 20 minutes of pure soothing relaxation sitting in, at a fireplace, you know. so Sometimes just having a fireplace there feels, you know, whether it's in use or not. Uh-huh. can feel like heartwarming. I, I, I was very yeah. lucky. I had a I had a fireplace in my kitchen. Like that's mm. like lovely. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's where fireplaces should be. That's where they always were. That's oh, where were people they? used to cook their food. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> uh-huh. makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. not many houses. I I feel like when I'm think back at the house that I that I grew up in from like 16 to something or other, uh, that it was a very hygge kind of house. Right. We had a lot of warm You're woods. You're lucky. Yeah, like warm wood feelings. So we had we mm-hmm. had this beautiful, like, dark wallpaper on the ceiling that just made it feel oh, very so, homey. Yes, that was trees up there, weren't it? No, it was I, just I like a wood, it was, it was a, sorry, a blue chevron kind of, okay. you know. It was really beautiful. So fireplaces, you know. But, fireplaces. Um, yes, I think we do need it here in the United States. Um, Brenda was saying, oh. like, how easy it is to just... Take off your shoes. How you take off your shoes and how you pay attention to your feet can be the only thing you really need to get into a state of zen. Right. And to start a fireplace or to smell pine or to light a candle mm-hmm. it, with a scented candle takes seconds to be the cue for me to slow down. Me to take care of me. So I think Huga. One of the concepts of huga in terms of mental health is something that a practice that will take care of myself. And they recommend to make it second nature. You see, in Denmark, 
they don't even think about it any anymore. You know, everybody's treating everybody with huga. Everybody comes home from work or goes to work. You know, like how about huga huga your car? Like when you get in your car, how cozy and comfortable and a state of well-being do you achieve when you're in your car? And if not, and many people drive, you know, it's very Spartan sometimes in people's cars. That is a simple thing, right? You can get one of those scented air fresheners. You can get, what, cushions for your seat, for your passenger's seat. Um, you can put something on the steering wheel that yes, feels more comfortable. Yes, texture, something that's textured and... You wear your sunglasses. You get to wear your sunglasses. Something that just gives you a sense of contentment. Heated, heated seats in cars heated are seats. just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Right. <laughs> Especially when you're in a cold, cold climate. And you know how how beautiful to be able to have that. Um, so if your resiliency tank is low. And we think it is for most people, if not the whole world. We've all been tested and tried and exhausted and tired from this. So your resiliency tank might be low. You might start to think of some practices that I could start with and have that might subconsciously rebuild my resilience. So here we are in winter. I said wool socks. What else would be, and, and a fireplace. What else would be something in wintertime that would be soothing? Well, like a knitting or crocheting. So that's an activity you could do indoors. You know, yep. mm-hmm. baking, cooking, cooking really mm. lovely stews or soups, like nourishing, right. warm food. Um, baking. 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 Okay. Baking, baking bread. Does anybody bake bread anymore? Oh, can you yeah. buy bread? Can you buy? You can buy the dough. Sure, you can buy the dough, but it's very easy to make. And I think a lot of people, at part of the pandemic rage was everybody was learning how to bake bread because it's actually quite easy, but it's a time-consuming process. So it's got, you have to be home. There's got to be time. Right. You know, there are specific times when you have to, you know, let it rise and then beat it down and let it rise and... And I heard a beautiful story about a hedge fund manager who is now baking. He does sourdough breads. He's left his life as a hedge fund manager. Really? And he is baking breads for the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He's all sold out. I looked on his website. He's sold out for the next couple of weeks. Really? Yep. And he only delivers to Upper West Side. And he just what, makes bread it, all day. <laughs> it must be Zabar's son. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Competing just, with Zabar's, which is a landmark here in New yeah. York City on the Upper West Side. But he wow, just, a hedge fund. Well, that's what hedge funds get you to do. Uh-huh. Drop it all and go bake bread. Yeah. And he wanted to do something with his children, which you can. Okay. You can do baking with your kids. There's something about Huga, which is doing things with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at playing a game, a board game, doing a puzzle. I, my family, we did That's puzzles. That's a hookah. It's so hookah. It's so nice to sit, you know, by a fire doing a puzzle. or a sense of well-being. Listening to music. Yeah. And you're kind of involved in something with someone else. And something that doesn't have to involve any of the outside world. It's like the outside world stays outside and we're just here enjoying each other's company. 
beautiful. It seems like I want to mention childhood. Like, how was your childhood filled with huga? You know, like uh, we think of the holidays in the winter time, right? The different colors, the different smells, the wrapping paper, you know, all uh, the fireplace or the snow or the things that make it soothing and make us feel comfortable and contented and safe. Right. In the 70s, there were multiple blizzards in Cleveland, and they were big blizzards. I mean, we were out of school for weeks. And one time it was a particularly bad blizzard, and we were all snowed in together. Our electricity was off. It was my family. Uh, mm -hmm. Electricity was off, and we had a fireplace, and we hung out around the fire, drank hot chocolate, went outside and played in the snow, come in, hang in around the fire again. It was, it's a uh, memory that I'll always, it was like a time when I right. felt we were all together yes. in something. And it's a very, very warm, hmm. beautiful memory. And sometimes weather can do that, you know, <laughs> right. one way or another, it kind of cuts you off from all of the noise of the outside world. And, and you're just all together doing your thing. Right. Yeah. TV didn't I work. Mean, you know, you yeah. bring something up like an experience of emptiness. I'm I'm thinking that like when all the power went out when you were a kid that there was nothing to do you couldn't go out there was nothing to do inside that it might be like the first sense of what emptiness feels like for a kid to like I have no distractions I have nothing that I can do you know, you've found things to do, but mm-hmm. did you have that moment before you moved into these activities and this fun stuff? Because that you were like, oh, there's no television. There's nothing to do. There's, I did. I, I guess I'm yeah, a long way I to really go didn't. to saying, yeah. I mean, maybe because the TV was on so long, so often, that when it was not working and the radio was working and the clock wasn't working and nothing was that a sense of emptiness. Yeah, like kind of a silence. Kind of occurred. Right. I'm thinking with your experience, though, in this blizzard, that for our audience, can you remember your winter boots, what they look like near the back door with all the other boots and <laughs> and winter footwear of your family? Um, because when we talk about hookah, we can talk about Childhood. We often do this as therapists. How does this remind you of childhood? What happened in your relations in childhood? I think this emptiness experience that I just mentioned is a a worthy topic in therapy. My first experience with emptiness and not knowing myself and not knowing what to do and not knowing how to communicate to other people and sort of being, you know, incapable yeah, that I mean that is, to, is a worthy experience. Yeah, to, to relay s- to some children that might have been a wonderful experience, and to other children it might have been kind of terrifying. Yes, right. So I think it really depends on the wiring and yeah, the, the temperament of it, the child. I, yeah. um, I think I felt like ugh, I. I kind of craved silence <laughs> at times. Like right. I would go out on my own and look at the trees and hang out and stuff like that. So I think when that silence kind of happened all around us, I, I really liked it. Yeah. Puga in wintertime. What are some practices in the same like apple cider? 
Oh, you, yeah. You know, I, I did that last week myself. And that <laughs> cinnamon stick made all the difference, you know? Uh, um, right. But there's I mean, putting your hands inside your winter gloves, right? We haven't had to do that too much this year. Not but we had much. to do it a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. So these experiences that bring a sense of, hmm, I'm totally bottled up here and totally snug, like a good scarf, you know. So mm-hmm. you can you can wear certain clothes that would make you feel hugged. It's the, a noun. It's a, by the way, it's a it's a noun. But I think I think they're going to make it a verb as well. I think, I th- it's I a think verb. it will be verbed <laughs> because it's yeah. There's there's. Wait, you know, there are objects that are huga like there's, you know, an experience, but it is they talk very much about it being an experience. It's something that helps you feel something very specific in your body, a real specific feeling of okayness, of safety, of comfort, of ease, of being hugged. I mean, the word they have sort of the same origin, hug and huga. And I, I received a gift from a friend. And it was a scarf, and I wrapped it around me, and it felt so much like a hug. It was just so cozy and warm, yeah. and I wore it on a cold day, and it kept my shoulders warm, and it was, ah, oh, felt so good. So it's like anything that brings on that good feeling inside, and it's stimulating serotonin, which is our feel-good happiness hormone that's mostly secreted by the belly, you know, in the in the gut. And we have all these neuroreceptors for serotonin, which says, ah, oh, I can, ah. Uh. You know, when we were reading about huga, we came up against with the vagus nerve. And that huga is good for your physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. It reduces anxiety. Mm-hmm. Naturally, you would make, you would think it would reduce anxiety. Um, because you have these practices in place that lighting a candle or watching a fireplace is going to soothe 99% of the people. Yeah. Um, and so how about that? Instead of taking a pill mm-hmm. that you do a practice, do something that does you, yeah. like a fireplace does you, right. like a candle does you. Um, so it does that, but also it reduces cortisol, the stress Hormone. Absolutely. And when you reduce cortisol, you lower your blood pressure, you increase your immune system. And the vagus nerve part of it. And the vagus nerve. What is that? Because you're the expert on the well, vagus nerve. Well, yeah. The vagus nerve is just our, our ability to rest and digest and enjoy and come into playfulness and contact. It's the opposite to the fight or flight when we come in together, maybe to have a huga party, there are such things. People have huga parties where you Do come they? in, yeah, and you have candles, and you know you share cider, and cider. yeah, and just like all kind of snuggle Desert up boots. in a snuggle up around the floor on comfortable pillows you with just, blankets and you just reminded me of desert boots does anybody <laughs> remember desert desert boots out there no the winter desert boots you know they were like suede shoes brown you could get them in light or dark i love them in dark i still have some mm-hmm. uh, and the big innovation was when they started lining them with lamb's wool now oh. that was a huga experience in 1973. Well, now we have the Ugg boots. Uh, I don't know. Ugg boots are just like that. Oh. And they're just full of 
yumminess when you slip your feet inside. And so we were talking about, you know, the, the vagus nerve is how we can just sort of come together and be okay together. Because cause if we're not in fight or flight, we're in rest and digest and oh, okay. connect. And if right? it's stressed, what does that mean? Like there is a stressed vagus nerve uh, well, there's or a, tone or not tone? There's a low tone vagus nerve, which is when you really can't settle down. So that's like my example from before, when you can't really feel comfort, like something just keeps making you want to get up and get out of the chair, you know, like you sit in a comfortable chair for two minutes and you're like, okay, gotta go, (laughs) get up, gotta go. Does anybody resonate with that? (laughs) Like you can't, like like our invitation from last week from Brenda was to sit and count your breath for five minutes. How many people did that? How many people think they could do that? Because yeah. five minutes can seem very, very long to someone whose nervous system is more in the fight or flight. It's like, mm, no, this isn't safe. I got to get up and go. I got to see what's going on. I'm going to be missing out on something. And we Americans, we don't like to miss out. <laughs> so this is fun. We're going to come back and have some more fun with you when we get back. Uh, we're going to take a break. I'm Kevin O'Donoghue, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm Nasima Diane-Deemer, trauma specialist and licensed massage therapist. And we'll be right back. Come away with me in the night Come away with me and I will write you a song Come away with me Come away where they can't tempt us with their lies. And I want to walk with you on a cloudy day in fields where the yellow grass grows knee high. So won't you try? Come away with me and we'll kiss on a mountain top. Come away with me and I'll never stop loving you. Come away with me by Nora Jones. And hoga can be relational, right? You can add hoga a sense of contentment and well-being, coziness in your relationships or to a relationship, right? I got the image of them walking away into a snowfall, you know, Mm -hmm. in in the night, you know, come away with me in the night, out in the snow and just, I work with couples and I often say, you know, maybe don't talk until you until the anger subsides, you know? Maybe don't talk and just do hygge for each other. You know, do a nice behavior, action yeah. for your partner, right? Have coffee for him in the morning. Make 
you know, if you've never done it or for her or a towel coming out of the shower or, or so many things, you know, warm up the bathroom before your partner goes in or have dinner made or just thousands of things that no words are necessary. You don't have to say anything that can make up for a fight or a battle that's been going on for six weeks. You know, I often want to give a couple of pair, you know, some tape, put this on your mouth. No talking for three days. <laughs> Live together for three days without talking and be nice and think of nice things to do for the other person. You don't have to, it's a relief. You don't have to think about your own pain and disappointment and upset. That's nothing, you know, it's not happening for you, that you're not getting what you need or you want. Yeah, and you might even witness your words and your thoughts and your emotions come and go, like Brenda said. If you were to not give them so much energy and moved more into being with your partner, some different things can happen. Yeah, different things can happen. Words can be so hurtful. And, you know, it's that time of making up that partners, you know, vow, I'm not going to make up first. I'm not going to do it. And the Mm -hmm. war goes on. And, you know, if you just agree not to talk for a day or two, and do I'll do one nice thing for her or for him, and he can do one nice thing for him or her. That that turns off that pride, and that goes, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I often have couples about two inches apart from each other and say hello, old friend, hmm. hi, old friend. So huga, here we are, and we're talking about. You know, ways to bring it into your world. Like, you can bring it into your bathroom, Nesima, right? How about the lighting? You, any, to get rid of, get rid of any harsh lighting in your home. Uh, you know, for, now I have, like, some lights on in my home. When I come home, they're already on. It makes a difference. I mean, I know it's a little waste of energy, but it's worth the dollar, you know, the $5 a month. So lighting can be a way for huga. Uh, a scent in the bathroom, of course, right? But what about like a certain kind of towel? Do you have a favorite towel? <laughs> I do. Uh, and I only use it in the summertime. It's like my beach towel, right? And every time I, I see it when it's in the closet, it just gives me a little jolt of like, and I'm like, why am I waiting until June to take that towel? <laughs> I think deprivation becomes a way of life that we all know about, right? Mm -hmm. Think of it like our birthday is the only day of the year when we're special, right? Oh, it's my birthday. Everybody, you know. And the rest of the year, 364 days of the year, you know, I do a little bit of a deprivation of myself. (laughs) We don't know it. We don't mean to. But I think it's these habits, and in America, yeah, our culture, you know, that's we've come from a historically puritanical culture that these ways of inputting pleasure into my life, inputting soothing, calm practices, con- you know, creating a sense of warmth and well-being. I mean, it's, a, it's a hard sell. It's a tough, tough thing. There's a quality of abundance to Huga, I feel. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a settling into an abundance of comfort, an abundance of time, an abundance of being with others. Like there's no no constraint that it's 
that it's here and it's available and it can be here as much as you need. It's abundant. Yeah. And like I said, with the candle, right, in my workstation where I do most of my work every day, um, that the candle added this other factor that made it an abundant atmosphere uh, that effortlessly I didn't have to think I watched the clock or whatever. And there it was. Mm. Time had passed. And it was like a companion, hmm. you know, more than that is what I think of Huga as. It's a companion, hmm. you know. So we want to say that this is is so multiverse that you can spread it out across so many areas in your kitchen, right? And you you know, a bowl of oranges in your kitchen is huga. It's a, I, when I see it, I feel good. Something about it. Right. Um, the smell of onion or garlic or anything in your, in your kitchen. Um, All the smells of cooking, especially like smells of, you know, like home cooking, what you yeah. grew up in. Like if you're, you know, a transport from another culture, if you're an immigrant or something, having those specific spices yes. being warmed in your kitchen yes. and you smell it and it just brings that feeling of like home base. And this is, this, this is my country. This is my land. This is what I know. I think the most popular candle smell is pancakes. <laughs> well, you can get a candle that as a pancake candle. Now, what will that do for you? It might be overwhelming. See, I think the art of candle making is so subtle because you, it can go over the top, and then you never want to smell a pancake again. But you know, they do it. It's got to be an art that they do it in a certain way that yeah. you don't get overwhelmed by it. Right. I've seen campfire smells. I've seen, you know, the smell of butter, uh, cotton candy. And I, I heard a story recently that they did a perfume fragrance that smelled like French fries, which oh, no. seems very bizarre, but that's one of the most, like, the smell of French fries. Do not wear it on a date. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might want to uh, take you to McDonald's. Uh, uh, or <laughs> cheap date. <laughs> cheap date. Okay. But it's a scent that people uh, really love, that smell of French fries. So how does this restore resilience? How? Just think of it. We are asking our audience, like, just think of it. Can this, can sitting in front of a fireplace for three nights in a row restore your resilience? It might just simply be slowing down. We think it's the fireplace doing it, and it might be. It's soothing, but it's slowing my metabolism down. And not with meditation, which is a great way to do it, but by something external to me that is feeding me in a soothing kind of way. Mm-hmm. And that's a good practice to get your resilience back. Last time we talked about how being a good person, like being the good boy or the good daughter, that it made it impossible. You know, it makes it very hard to be resilient because you have, have this single dimension. You don't have these opposite traits inside of you. I always have to be good. If I always have to be good, I can't think even the bad thought. I can't do a bad thought. And if you were raised this way, then you're acting as an adult in an unnatural way. There's a lot of bad in the world. There's a lot of bad in in thinking in everyday life. And so if you're not allowed to have that, the studies have shown that the good boy, good girl syndrome does not lead to resilience. It wears away resilience. People don't want to be around them. These people drain 
if you're always expected to be good in front of this person, that these people are draining. They're not restoring resilience. They're taking away resilience. I can imagine that the good boy, good girl person has a very hard time sitting in that comfortable chair, kicking their feet up and sitting back. Right. And just letting themselves be supported. And that would restore them. But they don't let themselves. And so to get back to the core that we defined with resilience back, what, six weeks now, uh, that it's impossible for something that's rigid. And this one-dimensional person we're calling the good boy, good girl syndrome is a rigidity that makes it hard or near impossible for, for resilience to be present. And so they they don't feed other people resilience. But huga will help them get there. And remember, resilience is a quality of being flexible. So that's where I think Huga helps support that flexibility to be more flexible, more at ease, to feel, yeah. to let themselves feel yeah. comforted and supported. Right. If you just notice yourself, Nassimo, um with some Huga practices, like if you're, if you have soft towels when you come out of the shower and you have a cup of coffee waiting for you that you don't have to make yourself, if you have like a bathrobe and slippers and things like this, that you're going to feel good enough so that, wow, I'm feeling without even being aware of it. And different reactions are going to come out of you. You're going to be – laughter will be easier for you, yeah. you know, comfort, not confrontation or disagreement or will be – harder for you. You'd be naturally flowing in this positive way. So, yeah, I think flexibility is the key, and Huga generates flexibility. Whoops, whoops, the dog almost made a sound. <laughs> we have a dog in the studio, which makes me think, Nassim, we have allowed the dog to be here in the studio, and she's been great the last six weeks, but Let's hug of the studio. Look around. How can we make our studio uh, more hugga or have some hugga in it? I think the dog is a great addition so long as she's not barking. And <laughs> so far, so good. I think dogs do bring hugga. Cats bring hugga. Different okay. pets definitely bring hugga. Okay. Um, but I think the studio, I think we could paint it a little warmer color. Okay. Yeah, you know, it might make coming in here... Less tense, you know. They, yeah. they say um, like a like a kind of peachy orange. They've studied this is one of the most soothing colors there is, and that therapist offices offices should be a soothing orange. And that's what our offices and are. That's where we are here at the Positive Mind Center orange. here in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> we call it Kevin's Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we we should do the studio. You're right. And I think the lighting is harsh. I think we could have soft lighting and pictures of guests that we've had. Right. That pictures would be of people. something. That's an um, important part of hookup, you know, having pictures of your loved ones around. And why not a pine candle in here in wintertime? And what would be a spring one? Um, uh, like fresh meadow. Daffodil. Or, yeah, or lilac. Lilac. Uh -huh. so, uh, so those are three things. And then I'd say the cushions for our chairs. I think better chairs. And we need cup holders. <laughs> We're moving these cups around here, trying not to get the console wet. Right. Uh, but so, right. yeah, sit where you are right now, in your car, in your home, in your workspace, at office. 
how can you hooga your environment? What one thing can you add? Does anybody wear gloves driving anymore? You know, I, I remember when I was in high school, I, I was just learning to drive and seeing other drivers and being around, being in the car with, you know, different friends. And a guy's brother, older brother got in the car and he put on these leather, <laughs> leather gloves to drive the car. I was like, this man is serious about driving. He likes his driving. But it's just, I felt soothed watching it, to be honest with mm. you. I was like, wow, this is, I don't the Europeans do this. <laughs> they um, might. I, they do. They do. It's a much bigger practice in Europe than the United States to be wearing. You know, in America, everybody's on the go, right? What is that place where you buy coffee? On the go or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so who has time to put gloves on right. when they're driving? So anyway, wherever you are, what would, if you left it in the car or wherever in the room that you're in and you came back to it, would be soothing for you to be in that room? I think any way that you can bring natural elements in, like plants or flowers or, you know, even branches or yeah. wood or even ceramics, like people will bring ceramics into their environment that can give a certain texture or color, something, yeah. something related to nature. We, we often sometimes run like a little water <clears throat> fountain out in the front and it's just a self-contained... Right. Water fountain and people found that so soothing, like just the sound of running water. Yes. And it's amazing how these little things can make a big difference. They just communicate something different to your nervous system, lets you just feel a little bit of a hug anywhere you go. Right. You know, I think, I think sometimes people look at this and they say, oh, that's a lot of, you know, you know you're just going to go home and stay home all the time and not... You know, now that I'm thinking, that's probably why people are liking work from home because they can still be in their fuzzy slippers and their fuzzy pants. That's right. Put on it's there. It's going to be tough to get back to commuting uh, when this whole thing ends. Yeah, um, or being in an and office. People are resisting, right? There's a whole population of people that aren't going to return to work. That's totally fine. The market and everybody, it'll work its way out. Yeah. You know, but it's a. It's a sign of a deprivation of hookah. And then, wow, I didn't know what I was missing. So many people are discovering what they were missing yeah. by their commuting and going in every day. So if you do have to return to the office, maybe you can bring some of that hookah with you, some of those things from your home that made your home space so cozy and nice. You can bring them with you. Maybe you can bring your fuzzy slippers to wear under your desk Ooh. during the day. Yeah. Why not? You know, and then you have your work shoes next to them when you have right. to go to the meeting. Do they have high heels in Denmark? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> or desert boots. Sure. They probably have desert boots. Bring your desert boots. For sure. Isn't this fun? I'm glad we're just doing just a fun show here, Nasima, highlighting these sensual experiences because it is about the senses. Yeah. And when we, when we, it encourage and feel our senses, our sensual experience, our, you know, what we're listening to, what we're seeing, what we're smelling, what we're touching. That really, there are many more sort of sensory nervous system entry points than there are, we call it the afferent as opposed to the efferent. And the efferent is like from the mind down, the reaction. Okay. How do you spell that? E-F-F-E-R-E-N-T. That's like what we're thinking, how our body's responding. 
say that that's like three lanes of highway, whereas mm-hmm. the sensory, the afferent, A-F-F-E-R-E-N-T, okay. is like eight lanes of information coming up to your brain. So if you can make that nice, if you can make your sensory environment feel good, right? you get more of an input to your system that, oh, wow, things are okay. Things are good. We also have this in massage therapy. The reason why massage therapy works so well is that you're inputting hopefully some nice feeling into your body when you're in pain because nice feelings will outweigh pain signals. So good, good massage feelings, good, you know, the right kind of pressure, that kind of soothing kind of ironing out of your muscles. Okay. It's also very huga massage and everything having to do with spa and massage is very huga. Sense of well-being and yeah. contentment yeah. for sure. And it's just basically saying, look, yeah, your back may be in pain, but wow, my legs feel really good. My arms feel good. My face, my feet, my hands. Right. So you get all the sensory information of things that are good. They're going to outweigh those pain signals and maybe turn them down a little bit. So that's how that kind of works and how yeah. I think this system of huga kind of works. It's like, let's let's bring some nice sensory afferent information in. And get those eight lanes of highway working so that they can sort of blow out the the negative, stressful thoughts and ways of thinking. I love this. This is so beautiful. This is great. You know, I can't help thinking about every room having a a speaker that you can tell Siri, Siri, play uh, the ocean for me. Right. Right. And it just be there or or play the river or the bird song. Or the lion, you know, when I need to work out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that this is coming like to every room in your apartment or in your home mm-hmm. that you can enhance the sensation of indoor living with sound, any kind of sound that right. can be played and can be soothing and help you focus and do your work and do your exercise and do your leisure entertaining. And also the sense of smell, bringing in the smell of lavender like a lot of people say just sort of sprinkle your sheets with just a little bit of a scent of lavender mm-hmm. helps you go to sleep at night helps to just sort of bring that freshness and scents scents go right to your amygdala they tell you whether you're safe or not like they bypass the whole brain altogether there's no like prefrontal cortex assessing of a scent no. It's like, boom, it's right there. And it's either something that you like or you don't like. So if you don't like lavender, it could be something else, just a scent that, and that can sort of permeate the air and again, make you feel like, ah, ah, I'm okay. A scent will immediately bring you back to your childhood. There And certain songs, right? When we hear a certain song, right. it, it can bring back the whole sensation, the eight-lane sensation of your mm-hmm. childhood, your adolescence, whatever it was. Yeah. And the quality of the voice of, say, Nora Jones that we played today has this also this ability to just communicate safety, slowness, a certain ease, and just beauty. This idea of... Rituals, like, because we only have about five minutes left, and and every sort of segment of your day can be ritualized in a good, positive way. You know, you don't want to be rigid. We're talking about resilience here, and that rituals, nurturing rituals, can be sustaining and renewing. Going to bed is a ritual. How do you go to bed? How do you wake up from bed? 
I mean, here is, again, eight hours that you're spending doing something. Might you want to enter it in a hygge-like way? As simple as, and in the book, you know, one of these books on hygge, you know, they, how about patter, patterned sheets or patterned, you know, pillowcases or, or, or duvet covers, you know, a patterned sheet, colorful sheet, you know, instead of a solid sheet, solid color sheet. It's a small thing, but, you know, I think it might help you wake up faster. You know, it might make going into bed more soothing. Or like a comforter or a comforter cover or a blanket that has a certain texture to it can yep. also That's right. just really make things different. I spend a lot of time sort of, I love creating my bed space and it's quite beautiful. And I was saying, you know, they a lot of people talk about making your bed in the morning, that that can also bring hugo. But I think there are people out there who like to see a messy bed. You know, maybe that brings hygge. You it's think? like, yeah, that's what I've just slept in, you know, and and it's like kind of a memory of the sleeping, like something about it being okay. disheveled well, might also. I think feel if you're hygge. a college student, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're, you know, but that's one I don't way. Know, if you're in a couple, yeah. a partner, I'd like a made bed myself. Yeah, so the ritual can be, and for me, it is to wake up and and make the bed, and then you know. The ritual of taking the shower and then the ritual of drinking the cup of tea, taking your time to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the morning. The coffee ritual is a big one for people, that that's just their thing. That's what they do. That's how they wake up. Brenda would tell us, drink a cup of green tea and end the war. There is tea ceremonies, you know, in, right, like in... Britain and Ireland and other countries, Japan, tea ceremonies, very simple, just, you know, a few ounces, not even, let's say, a whole pot of tea, but something warm and distinct, a distinct flavor, mm-hmm. a distinct taste. Lemon, put lemon on your tongue, Yeah, a piece of onion on your tongue, but anything, yeah, maybe that wouldn't be so soothing. <laughs> To some people, maybe. Right. But but it's just a, uh, the idea is that you can find all these simple, simple things that can totally enliven your senses, lay a foundation of comfort and ease. Yeah. That really wouldn't be that difficult. You know, in not only supporting resilience, we'll also support a feeling of happiness, a feeling of joy, a feeling of connection, of being able to, you know, meet and be with other people, to be generous, because you've been able to give so much to yourself that it's like natural to want to give something to someone else. Like, I just want to bring that person a plant or give them a flower yeah. or, you know, bring them some nice tea or something we found. When my mother was 80, I gave her, a, I went to the florist and I said, please deliver flowers to my mother every Saturday, the first Saturday of every month. So for four years, it was it was the highlight for her. Of she just it brightened her world like you cannot believe a very simple thing. It was like she was a teen, you know. It was she was a right. teenager getting flowers from her boyfriend every first Saturday of the month. Simple things, folks, that can bring a lot of positive joy, if not to yourself, then to somebody else. We recommend you learn this new word, hygge, H-Y-G-G-E, and thank Denmark for those long, cold winters, 17 hours, where they developed 
this practice. We in America, we need to slow down. Nobody's going to let us. The TV won't let us. And your boss won't let you, but you're going to have to do it yourself. And this is the beginning of a positive mind to take control of these things and create a foundation for your mind to flourish. I'm Kevin O'Donnell, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm Nasima Diane Deemer, licensed massage therapist and trauma specialist. And we'd like to thank our affiliates, WBTV, WFMP, WRWK, KCSB, KPEJ, KYGT, The Detour, and Global Community Radio. Thank you for your continued support. We'd also like to thank our producer, Connie Shannon, our chief engineer, Jeff Brady. You can contact us at tffpp.org with questions, comments, or suggestions for the show. You can also find our podcast on most podcast platforms, The Positive Mind. See you, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye.